months. So three days later, I already knew, walked into Joe's office and I said, Joe, I'm going to break the world record in tuna breast. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, no, honey, listen to me. If I train you to go 217, you will die. You will not make it. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, well, then I guess I'm going to die. And- new episode of all the talk today a special special guest like i used to say uh, before i introduce her i just want to remind you guys who are coming on the show for the first time this show is about passion it's about sharing stories about trying to inspire people through the guests who are going to come around i hope that uh, you will discover different sports different personality different culture that's what you that's what this show is about so without further ado today i'm receiving uh, one of the greatest swimmers we had in canada in the, la- in the last uh, last years she uh, won a medal at, at the world championship in 2009 she was on the commonwealth podium with a relay uh, uh, the, the four by one Really, she was uh, she was on the bronze medal at the Pan Pacific Championship. She was a world record holder, short course, long course in the 200 breaststroke. I have the honor today to receive my friend and the teacher and uh, ex good swimmer Adame Pierce Holder Show. How are you doing, Adame? I'm excellent. Thank you for having me. Welcome in the show. I'm so happy to have you. Uh, that's it's been a while. I was thinking about that one and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I want to say to all of you guys that this show will be, okay, it's recorded now in 2020, we are in 2020, but that would be my first show of 2021. So starting with you, is, I hope it's going to bring me a lot of good stuff uh-huh. and luck. <laughs> so, Start out the year. So Alame, before we jump into your career and talk about swimming and stuff like this, uh, where are you at now? What are you up to? What are you doing? Let's go. I'm good. Yeah, no, I am currently, I'm a teacher. So I teach in the Halton district, which, and I teach in Oakville. Um, I was put to a virtual class this year, which has been um, many tears and uh, many tears shed many hours and swears spoken about teaching virtually. Um, But my kids are amazing. It's been the part of the community that I've built has felt really cool. Uh, But virtual teaching is not my jam. I would way rather be in person with the kids. You get to, you can teach them so much more. Um, But you know, you do what you kind of get put into and figure it out. So teaching, I'm also a mom. I've got two little girls, Josephine, who is five and Margaret, who is three. And they are very busy, um, as all kids are. <laughs> are, they, are they a little bit uh, hyperactive like mommy can, could have been? Or can oh, be- yes. Margaret is my <laughs> double. She's my little mini. She has fiery red hair and it is completely her personality. She is a firecracker. She, I will do everything myself, mommy. I, I can do it. I don't want your help. <laughs> you know, I'm the boss. Good. Looking good for the future. Yeah. And then Josephine, um, also pretty, pretty strong minded, strong willed, um, Maybe more Mark's personality, a little bit shyer, um, maybe a little bit quieter, maybe, maybe. Um, she's also, she was born at 27 weeks, so she's my little miracle baby. Okay, wow, wow. 
Congratulations. So she came, she was born at the beginning of August. She was supposed to come at the end of October and uh, 26 weeks, my water broke. And she came a week later, all two pounds of her. Um, Just, uh, we said, you know, (laughs) during the moment we were like, well, that was the biggest false start. Um, But a total fighter, I will do this myself kind of thing. Like, I don't need you to help me finish growing. Like, I got this. (laughs) Also her personality. So I figure that these strong, willed, children it will do them well when they are older <laughs> i keep yeah, telling myself yeah. that is, is, she, is she okay now is she like 100 percent? everything's fine uh yeah she's great um really smart has some emotional dysregularities where you know we're working on it and just i think it's called her executive functioning okay so being able to kind of deal with change or she's a she she doesn't like to do things unless she knows she's going to be perfect at them Okay. And then, you know, even if she's writing something or drawing a picture and has a little screw up, it's this big emotional reaction. So lot lots she's very emotional like lots of really big emotions. So but. it's a big challenge, big challenge at home. And uh, I, I want to wish you all, all the best on that because uh, we have we all have this different kind of challenge to deal with our kids. Some are easy, some are very, very hard, but we don't have the choice to go through them. So yeah, uh, wish you the best on that. so 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 you are you are talking about your your family now you quit swimming in 2012 after the the trials uh i introduced you as a world record holder back in the days so i'm going to jump into swimming like right on um what first remember do you have about that first world record you you break in uh, toronto when you just think about it close your eyes what do you see (laughs) <laughs> I see my sister coming over and just like hugging me. She was in the race with me, my sister Hannah. And just that moment where something so incredible for me, I got to do it with my sister Hannah. And then also my training partners, which was amazing. And I think the other moment, like just touching the wall, and it was just there was this moment of silence almost. And maybe it was just in my head because when I watch the video, it's not silent at all, but this moment of silence and looking up at the clock and, and seeing that time and having this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, it was all worth it. Like everything you, that has ever happened in your career, all of the ups, the many, 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 many downs, this moment, this is it. This is why. Like, wow. Wow. Like, you're giving me goosebumps right now. Like thinking about it and like watching my, Olymp- my world record race, like still like I, I watch it and I'm like, okay, <gasps> you know what happens? Like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think that you, and I want to jump on that and come back on the world record after, because I think that you know exactly, and you mentioned it, the value of it and what you have to, what you have to go through to get there. So, so I'm pretty sure that when you die before that race, you you have an idea of what you're able to go, right? So yeah. this wasn't a full surprise. Uh, you were prepared to, even if you are not fully prepared at this time of the year, because trial were coming after, right? Uh, you were uh, prepared to go to beat to beat that record, right? Yeah, I knew. I knew. I had. 
it was actually, so if we jump back, I would jump back to the previous year. So the end of the Olympics in 2008, after my tuna breast and I came sixth and I was so pissed off. Oh my gosh. I was so mad. I'd gone a best time Canadian record, but I missed a medal by seven tenths, which is a lot, but also not that much. And I watched my race back and I made some big mistakes. And I just remember I was furious and I walked back into our pit and I like threw my goggles and I was like, that's it. I'm not losing this race next year. Like, this is my race. Like, fuck. <laughs> and I had like, Tom Johnson was like, calm down anime. Like you, it's fine. Like you did well. And I was like, no, I didn't like, no, no. I was so, so mad. And after the Olympics, just kind of taking that time and having fun and whatever and came back to Vancouver and I guess it was September and we started, we started training again. And I went to a camp up in Fort St. John with Brian John. So we were going to run a kid's camp up in Fort St. John and I was sitting at dinner with Brian and I was like, I'm going to break the world record in tuna breast. And he was like, mm, do you know how fast that is? And I was like, yep. Yeah. And he's like, you could probably do it in 400 IM. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it in tuna breast. What, what was your best time at the time before you, when, when you have that talk? 2.22 maybe. Because you are not a short consumer. You are not no. a very good short no. consumer. Because of one coach that we're going to talk about, some of your turns improve a lot. And uh, oh, we'll yeah. talk about that. We'll talk about that as well. So, after. But, he was, uh, okay. But I was like, yeah. And I just... I don't know what made me make that decision. It was that moment of being so mad afterwards being like, are you kidding me? Like I'm, I'm one of the best. I'm the best. I can do this. And then jump forward a couple months, December of 2008. Um, and Joe, my coach, Joseph Nagy always gave us, like told us, he, he says, you, you have three days and then you have to tell me what your goal is for the season. So think about it and then come into my office. So three days later, I already knew, walked into Joe's office and I said, Joe, I'm going to break the world record in tuna breast. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, no, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. He goes, oh, no, honey, listen to me. If I train you to go 217, you will die. You will not make it. <laughs> And I looked at him and I was like, well, then I guess I'm going to die. And I like walked out of his office and he just kind of sat there like, okay. <laughs> you, were, you were ready to go to battle, even if you didn't really knew exactly what's coming up. You were, yeah. you were ready. You were ready for it. I, I don't know if I've, I had ever been so sure of something in my entire life. Like so I, must be an I, incredible I, feeling. I knew I was like, I can do this and I'm going to do this. And there's nothing like nothing is going to get in my way. I like and, that. Uh, and so it was, it was kind of this super crazy cool moment where I was like, yeah, I, wow. I, <laughs> and I didn't really tell very many people. And I think that was one of the other things. Like I, I didn't sort of, put it out there for other people to know or other people to kind of question or, and I think that was really a, a moment where I was like, no, I'm keeping this, I'm keeping this close 
because I don't want people telling me I can't do this. I don't want anyone to really be like, oh, so how fast do you think you're going to go? Like, I just want to know this is what I want to do and just do it. And oh my God, the training was bananas. Like, <laughs> so let's, talk, let's, let's, let's jump into that. So, so now we're going to talk about more about training and talk about your coach that I know very well. Uh, uh, so we are talking about Joseph Nagy. Uh, you know, uh, bon, I met Joseph one of the first time when I came in the camp with some of my swimmer, with you and Marta training in the uh, yard, uh, the little diving yard pool on the side at UBC pool. I came there maybe two times and to, to experience that with you guys. And to me, I discovered Joseph. And after that, Joseph and I became, uh, got along a little bit and he went to have this, I had a couple of dinner at home and we share a lot and uh, that's someone that I love and someone very, very funny, very, 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 very funny, very huge sense of humor. People oh. who doesn't know him uh, uh, are kind of, uh, you know, they're kind of scared because he can be very tough in practice. Oh, But yeah. let's, let, instead of talking about more his personality now and hi, Joseph, if you, are, if you are watching this show, I hope to have you soon, soon, soon. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, God. The so, Let's talk about what he was doing and most one of one of the specificity of Joseph training, and I don't know if it's Hungarian stuff, but it was a lot of breaststroke. It so was let's so jump into that. It was, I would say, probably close to 75, if not 80% breaststroke. Wow. The interesting thing was that it wasn't a lot of full stroke breaststroke. Maybe 10% full full stroke yeah. breaststroke. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it was two kick, one pull, three kick, one pull, pull, kick, up, down. Like it was, it was drill. It was making every part of your stroke good by itself, and then very minimal putting it together. Um, and oh my gosh, I still remember one of the first times meeting or swimming a Joe practice, and we were in that crappy pool, the outside at UBC. Mm -hmm. And it was 55 yards and he wanted us to do, this is two. It was, this was the worst eight, two hundreds breaststroke with hand panels and fins. Okay. And we only ever did flip turns. With and so two hundreds hand panels and fins, and they were on three minutes and The first time we did it, we could barely finish them. It was me, Haley Johnson. Uh, it might've been Davis Woolley and Sam Acton and Hannah might've been in there too. I don't, and I don't, Martha wasn't with us yet. I don't think. So 50 yards, like it's like, is that 48, 48 so meters? It was, it was 55 yards. So it was 55 51, yards. Meters. 51 meters. Okay. Like just over 50 meters. And Joe just kept getting madder and madder because we were not even close to going fast enough. And like, just being like, this is so ridiculous. Like, and also that pool, the, the jets on it, like you'd come up and take a stroke and you'd end up on the other <laughs> side of the pool. Like, and you, so you're crashing into each other and oh my gosh, just being like, there's no way I can do this. There's no way I can swim with this guy, but okay, whatever. We'll figure it out. I'll do it. And, oh, and um, Scott Dickens would have been in there too. And I remember doing these A200s and just being like, we thought we were doing a great job. 
And Joe was so mad because he was just like, this, what have I gotten? My-? I think he was just thinking, oh my gosh, what, what have I gotten myself into? This is, this is ridiculous. And the, f- I do remember the first three months swimming with him, just not even getting one good job every day. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Put your head down. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And I didn't even, I, I didn't know what he meant. I was like, what do you mean I'm doing it wrong? What am I doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just crying and be like, you, I, you couldn't even finish his workouts, let alone do them well. And, and I also remember the moment when it clicked and I understood, I, it was like the middle of the pool doing 200s breaststroke. And I remember thinking like, oh, okay. Oh, this is what he means. And I like did it and I got to the wall and he, for like the first time ever, didn't say I was doing it wrong. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I did it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I like I like that you're bringing that point because, and this is something I'm very, I'm, I, I love in swimming. And uh, one of the stuff I, I really, and I, I had a good talk with Dave Johnson about it in one of my episodes. And we're talking about responsabilizing, the, uh, try to put the athlete on the, on the responsibility part. Joe, when he tells you that he doesn't see, like that, when he tells you that you are wrong, he knows what you are doing wrong. And he's an amazing technician. He should be able to tell you and fix that in two seconds. But I think that he wanted you to take over the boat, the leadership, and try to, to lead that boat the right way. He told me one time, actually, he told me after my world record, the first world record, that it was on a that was a very cheap world record. You know, that world record was for everybody else. Your last 50 was shit. (laughs) (laughs) He also told me it was a very cheap world record because I had only been swimming with him for, I guess it had been two years, just over two years. And he was Mm -hmm. like, it's Mike Barrowman way longer to figure out my technique than it took you. Like, basically like he got he in his like mad way not actually mad but in his way where he was like you picked that up way too easily like you learned how to swim breaststroke the way I wanted you to swim breaststroke way too quickly like you shouldn't have gotten it that easily Mm -hmm. so that was a very cheap world record (laughs) because work hard enough for that yet (laughs) so did he say the same for the 216 after in Leeds could you you break it again a couple of months after but he, he was always so like that was good okay <laughs> he never was really like he didn't he wasn't the coach who jumped up and down you know he just kind of okay it's very interior it's very it's very inside but i can tell you that he loves you and i can tell you oh, that uh, i can tell you that watching you guys and this was a nice bonding relationship was a nice to observe and to to watch a nice collaboration on deck he he's he he's my family you know he's and he always says that he's he says you know my swimmers are you're like my daughters and you know mike barrowman and rock santos and um sergio Lope, they're his sons and so now because of that like sergio and rocky and mike are my brothers <laughs> and that's totally what it was like where they were family Rocky was my mentor mm-hmm. through my career with Joe. And 
I, I wouldn't have been the swimmer I was, you know, having Joe, but also Joe facilitating this incredible relationship for, for Rocky and I, and having him be this, like this unbelievable support. Let's, let's talk about him. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about how he impacts you. And we, if you can do it without crying, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> so let's talk about Rocky and, and how, like, let's talk about his role and how you, 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 you meet, you meet this guy and uh, the first meeting and what you learn from him. Joe would always tell us stories about coaching Mike and Rocky and Sergio and, and oh, like Joe's stories are amazing. They're so funny. And you hear, and the first time he's telling me this story about Rocky and Rocky, this, this California boy and comes to swim with him. And, and then, and Rocky's this big personality and got in his face one day and he's like, oh, I can't do that. And just like amazing. So these stories, so you, you get all these stories about Rocky and Mike and Sergio and their training. And I was doing that training. Like it was the same program, like mm -hmm. little tweaks here and there. And so I started swimming with Joe the fall of 2006 and 2007 was Pan Am trials in Victoria. And I had been, we had university championships in uh, Halifax, I think. And I had gotten really, really sick there. I got really sick and I could barely swim. And so Joe was like, Oh gosh, is she even going to be able to swim at trials? Because trials were just a couple weeks later. Okay. And I ended up making Pan Ams in the Hunter Breast. And I was so excited because I went 109 and it was my first time breaking 110. And so it was this like huge deal to me. And Rocky was there because he was at the time he was the Nike suit rep. Yeah, I remember that. So I got to meet Rocky because he was there and, and Joe was like, oh, anime, you need to meet Rocky. And so we just sat and... And then I'm sitting with Rocky at one point during the meet and I'm super pumped about my 109 and Rocky looks at me and he's like, well, what's 109 in the world of swimming? And I was like, nothing. And he's like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? And I was just kind of thought, well, oh, I have to go faster. And that was we're sitting on the benches in Victoria and I just, I remember it so clearly him, him just questioning and maybe it's because of Joe and maybe Joe had told him stories yeah. about my potential or maybe it was just that American way where it's like, okay, well, yeah, it's good. But like, really, it's not that good. Like it was, <laughs> it's so not a Canadian thing to do. No to question. And when you question people now, like if I question people, they're like, that's not very nice. And you're like, yeah, but I also, you know, it, it's true. 109 is not that good. And so just meeting him there. And then after those trials, like as the months and years went on after a practice, Joe would say, you need to call Rocky tonight. Like you have to call Rocky tonight. So I would call Rocky and we would talk and he would ask me, what'd you do today? Like, how was your workout? And the coolest thing was he knew exactly what I was going through. Yeah. He knew what those workouts were. 
he knew I could tell him we did carnival festival today. And I held these in my fifties. Like he knew exactly like, Holy crap, that's great. Or I had the worst day and he's like, that's okay. And it was just, it was such a cool thing because he wasn't a family member and your family, like you can only complain sometimes to them. He wasn't a friend. So they also don't want to always hear about swimming and he wasn't a training partner. So you could like, complained I could complain or I could be super pumped about something and it wasn't no one else in my little bubble you know had to hear about it but I had this incredible like resource of Joe where like he knew as if he was right there Mm -hmm. and our relationship like grew and I don't even know how many times I would have called him or talked to him. And, you know, it could have been a really terrible day and Joe would say, call Rocky, or it could have been a really amazing day. And like, Joe's not the one who's going to be like, you were amazing today. No, that's not you. But I call Rocky and I tell him what he does and he's going to like, anime, that was like, he would go off and he would make me feel like, holy crap, I'm like, what I'm doing right now is so good. Maybe he needed you to to receive or hear some stuff then is that is not made to say for yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. But that someone who really knows his strength, maybe, and not really really know his weakness and use uh, what he has around to provide uh, the best energy, the best feedback you could you could provide yeah. to him, right? And it it, it I, it's just it was such a cool it was such a cool relationship that I got to build. And I feel so honored like that I, I got to have that. And it, it, you know, it helped my career. And like Rocky was at the Olympics. Rocky was at Worlds. Like He was there almost every step of my career with Joe, which That's was yeah. so cool. Lots of um, are you still in contact? Are you still, are you still uh, yeah? Not as much. Emails every now and again or messages through Facebook. Um, just busy lives as we all yeah. get. <laughs> so you... Mm-hmm. I do too. And I think like one of the big things with Joe and at the beginning of my career swimming with him was he would, he would say to me, you know, good enough for today, but not good enough for tomorrow. And, and I remember it took me a while to understand that where, you know, I thought I had done this phenomenal job in practice and Joe would say, you know, good enough for today, not good enough for tomorrow. (laughs) But that, but that simple phrase completely changed what I thought I could do because I feel like I'm killing it. And then all of a sudden Joe's telling me, well, you can figure out like how to be better tomorrow. So there, there's something you can do from today to tomorrow, to tomorrow to be better. And it just changed my entire thought process. Like, okay, so Joe's not actually telling me how great I can be but he's telling me that I can be better tomorrow. So clearly he knows something that I don't. Exactly. Exactly. And so it was just, you know, he, he would tell us when we were crap, like, and you know, sometimes that sucks to hear. And, but I think some of the better moments of, you know, my life has been when someone's like, yeah, you can be better than this. Like you need to fix this or, like be better tomorrow, figure out how to be better tomorrow. And because then by not 
all the time being like, you're amazing. You did so great. That was so wonderful. Like, then what are you going to do when someone tells you you're crap? You're going to be like, what, what do you mean? Whereas if someone's like, yeah, that was, that was good, but you got to be better tomorrow. Like you got to keep getting better. Take a little bit of time to enjoy what you're doing, but don't forget uh, what's coming up. Yeah. Like even as a teacher, I have really high standards, but I'm like, you're like, you're, you're not even giving me a, tiny bit of effort here so i'm gonna tell you it's terrible like <laughs> do you think do you think that this eastern real, real the eastern european culture impact a lot your way to go today as a woman yes i think like, so so if we talk about east european culture and talk about east european uh, way of life and uh, what would it be for you like like the main stuff that you will notice, which is very, very different with Canadian culture. I think it's that like those, those high expectations and those, those moments where like when you, when you say you're going to do something, <laughs> this is like, this is a, one of those aha moments I had with my psychologist recently. Like I, I'm very much a person if you say you're going to do something, so you take ownership of something and then you don't actually like do it. Like you want it, you want to be a leader and you're saying, I'm the leader. I'm going to lead, lead us. And then you don't actually act like a leader okay. and you don't support people in the way that a leader should mm -hmm. like that to me is not acceptable. Like, some that that triggers me that drives me crazy or like people who are bitching and complaining about oh this is I can't do this or I I you know they're complaining about a situation but then they're not doing anything to try and fix that situation and I think that is probably a big thing that rubbed off on me from Joe yeah where okay, you want to be the best in the world. It's going to take a lot. Like you, you don't just get to be the best in the world by fluke, at least not for me. Like I mm -hmm. had talent, but I wasn't the most talented. Like I wasn't, I wasn't a Michael Phelps. I mean, Michael Phelps. Trained. I mean, I mean, you are a pretty good swimmer at a young age. Uh, you are a pretty good swimmer at a young age and you are winning junior championship, making junior team. Uh, well, I a good IMR swimmer as well. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, a little uh, wink for my friend, uh, Mark Tremblay, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I was, I was, I was, you know, I was a really good age group swimmer, you know, wasn't all, wasn't like a superstar by any means, but at 16, like I was good. Um, But then, you know, I went through years and years of disappointment and missing teams and missing teams by hundreds of seconds and just, you know, the whole mental game behind it too. It's like, huge. It's huge. Figuring out like that was big. And I think that was also part of with Joe, the mental game where it was like, oh, I can be better than this. Like I can, you know, I, I, I'm training, I'm doing this. Like, my first Canadian record with Joe was Pan Am's in 07 and I got out of the pool and I was just like oh <laughs> it's twerking <laughs> and he looked at me and he was like oh no, honey why are you surprised you swam so fast and I was like huh 
right. Like, why am, why, why am I surprised about that? Like, I've been training my ass off. Like, I've been training so hard. I've been working so hard. I've been doing everything I need to do. Why am I surprised by this? That I'm finally, you know, succeeding. Um, and so I think those are those little things that, you know, change the way I think and act about things. Like you work for something, you know, it's, it'll work eventually, you know, you'll get there eventually, but you got to work damn hard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I wanted to talk and you were talking about some moment of struggle and some team that you missed. And I was talking about you and off about that souvenir that I had with you. And to me, one of the, I would say the greatest because the end of it, you became what you became. And I saw and I've seen a lot of swimmer around deck cry because they're missing an objective or not making a team. Or... But your pain that day and we were at Pageant Drapeau, I don't know if you recall it, like uh, I really remember, remember and I caught you behind the stand. Like, I don't know, I was going somewhere and you were behind the stand crying. And I remember, and I remember your, your, your pain was so big, so big. And seeing you succeed after that, the smile, the happiness you could show was so good and make me, make me, make me feel so happy for you because I knew how in pain and how hard you, like in that moment, I think I gave you a huge hug and I felt a lot of, Uh, deception, disappointment, lot of, you know, the world was on your shoulder. You were like, you could, I could not stop crying. Stop making you, making you stop to cry. I mean, uh, I would have buy a towel. Uh, you, you would have still, <laughs> it was a hard moment, but seeing you succeed after that. That was, that was the turning moment. That was, uh, that, that was the, do you recall it? Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was my turning moment. That was missing, making pan, pan, Pan packs. What's one packs? In, yeah. In 2006. And I missed making the team in three events by one one hundredth of a second. Wow. Which is. My breast, my breast, I am. Missed the team three events. It, oh my God. Like it was, I, I'm pretty sure I cried for a week. And then one of the huge moments after that, I went from Montreal. I went to go visit my brother in um, Kingston, my older brother, and he was doing his residency in pediatrics. And he was never really into sports. Um, he swam for a bit, but sports weren't his thing. They were always mine. And I remember sitting there in his tiny little apartment on Princess Street in Kingston and, and him being like, well, what happened? said I don't know I just keep thinking like what if like what if I fail what if I don't do it again but also the other side like what if I'm actually successful this time oh my god like I don't even know how to process that I don't know how to process if I actually did something good like I was it was such a disaster and he looked at me and he's like you can't think like that like you can't think what if And then his thing he gave, said to me was, you know, 
I can't go into the hospital and have a baby come in and I have to intubate that baby and start guessing myself. Oh God, what, what if I can't do this? What if I don't know what I'm doing? He's like, I just have to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, that moment paired with Joe coming to be my coach. Like those were life-changing moments because my brother saying that to me, I also don't know if I'd ever really thought about it like that. And then I ended up getting this coach who was crazy, essentially like so different than anything I'd ever experienced. But I was like, Nope, whatever this coach wants, I'm going to do like whatever it is. I'm doing this because I'm not going to say, what if, what if I can't do it? Well, I'm just going to do it. And so that, that moment, like those few weeks after that moment at Jean Trapeau and then moving forward was, and that whole summer was just such a, a change in, okay, like no more what ifs, like this is, I'm doing it. I remember that day. I remember that day. I really remember it very, very, very well. And I was curious to know if you were, you were, of course you remember, but uh, like, to me, like, it was very, very special. And then see the success that you had to go through after. Of course, you had some ups and downs. Um, you might miss some of the results in your career. We, we want more, of course, right? But uh, you should be in... Uh, very very proud of what you do what you did and and to me you are an overcomer you are like a phoenix you know uh, you rise again you are not people could have think that you would have like you could have given it up lots of girls were coming were coming up was competitive too as well but you didn't mm-hmm. and, uh, years after those two years or three years after your best year in swimming are they yeah mm-hmm. yeah they were and then yeah it was you know, it's one of those things where you wish you can be better for longer, obviously, and you wish you can fix the things. And, and it's, it's hard. And it's something I've struggled with, too, after retiring is looking back and being like, well, could I have done something different? Could I have, you know, changed something, you know, afterwards, when everything kind of went downhill, like, after getting sick in India and you know, if I'd taken the time off, if I had, you know, let my body recover, would I have come back? But I mean, hindsight's 2020, you know, <laughs> you can't, you know, I, in the moment you make the decisions you make and you think that they're right and you th- and you hope that they're the ones. Um, and so, you know, yeah, those, like those moments. And I, I think I don't give enough credit at times to how awesome those moments were and how much I succeeded and how far I came from the athlete, the swimmer that I was to the swimmer that I became. Um, And I think, I mean, that has to do with like, you know, all sorts of things, you know, I yeah, it has to do with your heart for, it has to do with your love of, for swimming. It has to do with your craziness. <laughs> uh, you know, it has to do with, uh, it has to do with you. It's like, just, you know, you know, it's sometimes we give, we give, we like athletes give, give to give credit to other people. You know, uh, my coach helped me out at this time, at this time, my brother helped me out uh, at this time, uh, this person helped me out. But at the end, Okay, it's a teamwork. Okay, there is a lot of support, but you can you are allowed to say, "Hey, I did a yeah. pretty good damn job 
uh, I have to say, like, uh, I mean, the older you're going to get, the more you're going to enjoy that, I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah, sure, sure. I like, even now when I look back and think about some of the workouts we did or some of the stuff that I did, I'm just like, what? Like, how on earth? I like, do that. People came to train with us and like workouts that we did all the time and it, it killed them. Like it broke them. <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you, I can tell you it did. And what was really amazing in those workouts was the, was the drive you could feel during those workouts. Oh, was yeah. was the drive around that. And, and that's bring me up to the next topic about, and you touch a little bit on that. Would you have been able to achieve what you achieved with Joseph without your teammates and how valuable they were in that process? Um, no, not to the same extent. Um, I mean, I think I had, I had, mine was a really interesting situation because I did a lot of the training at the beginning on my own or yes. like when Joe and I would travel, it would just be me and him. Um, but like the main, you know, the day in the day out having Haley, Martha, Hannah there. Like, and I did not want to let them be me. Like that, that was, that was, that was the biggest thing. Like I did not want them to beat me. There was no way I was going to let them beat me. And I got so pissed off when they did. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so talk, talk about, talk about Marta, you know, when I arrive in your training camp and I, I see you guys work and for some of the workout, maybe she did one or two workouts and you were not there and she was practicing or doing those stairs jump, uh, you know, the, the, the stairs, the jump, you know, you know what, which one I'm talking about. Yeah. I felt that I, the last time I saw a woman train with that drive that day was to me was uh, Sarah Poe in 2000 training camp with her coach, uh, Caroli uh, in, in Australia before the Olympics. I could, I mean, the drive she had, and, and I was I kept thinking about, oh my God, Anna her in practice. Is there times where you're not speaking to each other, leaving the practice? or <laughs> All the time it was good job, bye, see you tomorrow. Or, How was it? How was it? Let's talk, let's talk about that. With Martha? Uh, Martha and I definitely had more of a, like, just a, a training relationship. Like, we, we got along. Um, we we weren't we weren't really good friends um which is fine you know and and i think i think a lot of people think they need to be friends with everybody and friends with their training partners mm -hmm. so martha and i weren't really friends but pff, we made each other so much better i'm sure i'm sure oh my god so much better like martha the strengths that martha had as a trainer she was just a workhorse and like the, and when I retired and she was still swimming, like the, the potential that I saw in her and, you know, I kind of wish she saw the same thing that I did at times because I mean, it, she, like she did amazingly and, but I, I really do think she could have even been better because fuck, 
she was so tough. <laughs> <laughs> but but for you to maintain to be successful, you needed that. You needed that. You needed that. You need that someone to be at that level. And and she she to me like uh, when you are rising, she was coming up. And when you don't make the team, she's taking over, right? Yeah. And she she was she was so tough. And like trying to beat her was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> It's really, really, really hard. And I think my least favorite thing that we ever did, I hated three kick one pull. Like, oh my God, I hated it. I with like every muscle, every fiber in my being, I hated three kick one pull. And Martha was so good at it. <laughs> Just was like pouring salt on the wound. <laughs> oh, no. Did you ever have that, that talk uh, about what you are for each other or bring to each other? Did you we share have, a lot of this? We have since retiring and like, I remember when she was going in 2016 and calling her and she was going to move back with Joe and she actually called me before she called Joe to ask whether or not he would let her come back into the program. because she had come out to Toronto and was swimming with Ben in Toronto. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, Oh, she, like I was, you know, I was the first person I think she called when she's like, I think I want to do this. I think I want to go back with Joe. And You know, we had quite a few conversations in, you know, 2015, 2016. And, um, and, and we became, we've definitely become better friends as we've moved forward. And like, I would be there for her in an instant because it's, it's also that same thing. Like she's part of my family. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't always get along with your family, but like Martha's part of my family and she always will be because yeah there's not a lot of people who go through those trenches and like the training that we did with Joe and understand like what it takes and, and what he pushed us. She through. went through, she went through the same pain. She went through the same, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's the same thing. Why like Rocky is part of my family, Martha too. And, and then same with Haley Johnson and obviously, well, Hannah's my actual sister. Mm -hmm. But like the, the moments that we can have with each other where we're like, God, Like, do you remember doing this? And like some of the screaming matches we would have at each other in the middle of the pool. Like, oh. <laughs> how many times, how many times did you hate Joe? How many times, like, uh, did it happen? Like for the four of you at the same time were all pissed at him, but there is always one who has a little bit of success. So it's very hard to bring yeah. everyone together. But did that moment, did those moments happen? Uh, I think Probably one of the like most mad ever that I got at him was it was 2010 and I had been having a really rough year and had been sick and we were trying to figure out what was going on and like why I couldn't, why my body would just like stop and not let me train anymore. And Joe thought I had too many distractions. So he told me to get rid of Facebook. And I was like, I was pissed. I was like, what do you mean get rid of Facebook? And I didn't do it that night. Like I didn't go home and instantly get rid of Facebook. And he messaged me through his daughter's account and was like, the reason why Mike Barrowman was an Olympic gold medalist 
was because when I told him to do something, he did it. Oh, <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad. I got, I got rid of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this, this is very nice, but you know, I want to comment on that. I want to comment on that because to me, you know, we are laughing. You don't seem traumatized by it. I mean, you were pissed at, at the moment, but you understand why he wanted to do that with you. Yeah. But today, the actually the actual problem is: Would Joe be allowed to say that today to an athlete? Would it be normal? I'm not sure. I'm you not repeat, sure. Like some people are going to listen to what you are saying. Mm -hmm. Joe is going to look like a dictator. They're going to think, "Oh, he was so yeah. controlling. He was everything." But it was it was this moment where my, my like everything was tanking for me. Like everything, I, I couldn't train, I wasn't sleeping. I like everything was falling apart. And like, it, it's a huge distraction. And I always remember, and I, I think I had a bit of a, an aha moment about this. So in 2019, I went to Pan Am games with team Canada okay. as an athlete mentor. Mm -hmm. So my job was I helped run the, the athlete lounge in the, in the athletes village for the Canadian athletes. And I'm there to, you know, support them, kind of get them what they need, but also just to be there and talk and make sure, you know, there's no athletes who are lonely or need help or whatever it is. And after the first like two or three days, I was exhausted. I wasn't doing anything. All I was doing was spending my time, like talking to other athletes and like, you had to be cheerful and positive and everything, which is who I am, but I was exhausted. And I might've phoned Haley or messaged Hannah or both of them and was like, so I now understand why Joe always said this to me because I am the person who wanted to talk to everybody and wanted to be friends with everybody. And he was always like, no, you can't do that. It's exhausting. And I was, I was like, yes, I can. And then these three days of doing it and being like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Like it takes so much energy. It is. Um, it is. And, and that was the moment where I was like, oh yeah. Like he, that was a, that was a very good call as a coach, you know, to tell me that that was too distracting. And yeah. And I, I had such trust in Joe and I think that might be the other thing where like when you, the trust and like he was doing it, he was making the right call. And it's the same thing, like making those calls and telling you those things where you don't want to hear them and they're, Oop. and they're hard. <laughs> Just <for> dog. <laughs> um, but those are, yeah, those are like the moments. And I mean, now I think, I think if, if you were a really high level athlete, so let's even take, I mean, I, I don't know this, this is just me postulating, but let's take Penny Lexiak. Mm -hmm. Like Penny doesn't have a big presence on social media. She's, she's pretty quiet. She does posts every now and again, but like, she's not like some of the other athletes who are posting all the time and are really engaged with fans and everything like that. 
And I was, I think I was actually talking to Mark about this the other day. I was like, I think, you know, that's, that's probably purposeful. Like somebody is helping manage that for her and manage her in the right way to make sure that she's successful. Yeah, that's a lot of, that's what you are saying is 100% right. Many of so, came through me, Junior Sumer with uh, Instagram, all the stuff, the picture, yeah. the this, the, the, all the time. Oh, like at the end, at the end, we kind of accept it. But you can see that it takes away a lot of focus. But even like Team Australia, they ban Instagram at Summits. They ban all social media. Like it, they are not, and they will get sent home, I think, if they use them. Like they okay. are not. And when you see it, and like I was at the beginning end of Facebook. Like there was no Instagram when I was swimming. There was no followers. There was none of that. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, like you have 300,000 followers and, you know, people wanting to message and talk to you all the time and all the positive and the negative and everything. And like, even after my first world record, the messages and everything that I got, like it was crazy. And then there's also the dickhead journalist Craig Lord who decided that I would be the scapegoat and he would take that moment of my world record to say oh the only reason she's doing this is because of the super suits like well pff, awesome thanks for that you know like those moments they like they affect you so when you can take that away and that's what Joe was essentially trying to do with telling me to get rid of Facebook like It's probably a good call. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think it was. I think it was. Talking about Greg Lord, did you have the talk? Do you have a talk with him after that comment? That article we, we brought, like we brought, because to me personally, because I think it affected a lot of uh, athletes. Um, the, he, kind of comments. He did but, not give up. And for whatever reason, he decided that I was going to be like his, who he was going to just go to town on. Like, okay. Okay. And, He wrote so many articles and like Nikki, like Nikki Dryden, uh, who also wrote for swim new, yes. mm -hmm. like she had talks with him and he, and was just like, cause I was just like, why are you all of a sudden choosing me to be like, how many people have broken world records? And like, let's be honest, I could have done that world record in a, like a training suit, you know, like, That's how so hard the I suit think. to you, like you are, you are a very tall girl. People, people who doesn't know, she's one meter seventy ish, so she's pretty tall and pretty lean as well. And uh, the suit, uh, I, I would say, would have been very good for me as a swimmer because I was big and heavy. But for the one who are floating well and uh, have good core, like you guys had, uh, I don't think he would have. He was making a huge. It felt like, for example, like did you watch Caleb Russell swim with uh, the suit and try to to mm. break the, the record, and everybody thought that he was going to do it. He can probably do it, but I think that the suit doesn't advantage his body like he will advantage Florent Manodou body with way bigger or whatever. You know, it's uh, it's different. So, so um, I don't know. Uh, maybe he had a reason. Uh, maybe I will have the chance to 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 to. We we'll have the chance one day to, to. I can ask him. I can invite him. Try to see what we can get out, out, out of it. But you are still you are still mad at it, and that's okay. I cannot. I can't understand. I can't understand. I, it's also kind of one of those things where, like, this accomplishment that I did, where I trained so hard for it, it's yeah. almost 
people put an asterisk beside yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, understand. well, you did this because of the suit. And it's like, well, no, I could have done this. Like, nobody's saying that Michael Phelps only won eight golds yeah. in Beijing because he was wearing the full suit. No, 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 no. no right? No. Nobody's saying Ian Thorpe did his incredible workout before you yeah. because he was wearing, you know, the full, full body suit from yeah. Adidas. Like, yeah. But then any of the people who did these world records in 2009 and yeah, maybe it helped some people, but it's also like, and they were like, they were, they're never going to get broken. And all world. Uh, it's 2.15 today or your, your record, your record, your breast, what, 2.14 or 2.15? 2.14. Yeah. yeah. It went down. <laughs> it, went, it went down and faster and there is no suit. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Everything, everything gets beaten. And I think, yeah, it's definitely still something I struggle with because and it's probably in my own head and thinking like, oh, people think, oh, she only did this because of this. But like, and I know that's not true, but it's in those moments where you like don't feel super, you know, good about yourself. And so all the bad things come and in. I may, and I may, you like one comment like this comes, I mean, just have, just, do what you just did right now by sharing and remembering those moments of training about how tough it was, about how hard it was. Someone as Greg Lord knows it's swimming. He knows the legend of American swimming. He knows Joseph Nagy as a coach. He knows this guy, he coached very, very, very hard. He, and probably, he probably knows at what you have been through. Sometimes they forget a little bit, some like like the process of it for some athletes and what that's what hurts but at the same time you should not like bury like i am like, and it's, like, it's probably like going deep into talking to things yeah. <laughs> if you have the opportunity one day maybe maybe it was you would worth it to talk about it but i mean i mean you achieve what you achieve and you have nothing to be like uh you have to be proud of it and the, the, I mean so much work so much up and down and overcome and medals and and world record I mean what a career it's uh it's uh, to me I'm a fan I was a fan before you were before you become all of this but I, I was uh, a fan and I'm still a fan I'm still a fan of you now so I want to I want to go uh, we're going to the end because uh Because uh, I don't want to keep you up too late, too long, and I don't want to, I don't want to spoil my viewer with too long, too uh, much long video. So, what I want to ask you is like, I'm going to hand this with two classic stuff that I do. So I have a question that I ask after what you have been doing. If today you have to give a head of advice to a young swimmer who had some up and down or some athlete who had some up and down and you have to give them a hell of a, a dice advice about what you did and what you learned in the process. What would it be? I think my, my biggest advice is to believe that you can do something and find Find one person that also believes in you. And like, I was super lucky in my career to have a couple of those people. And I think like that, that made all the difference. And 
you know, we haven't talked about them yet, but I also think, so I, you know, I've had some really amazing things, but Dave Johnson is also a big reason why I became the swimmer that I was. And Dave believed in me when nobody else did. Like probably not even when I believed in myself. Yeah. Dave believed in me. Yeah. And it, it was because of him, like I got carding when I probably shouldn't have. And I'm fully aware of that. Like when I, he, you know, he was head coach of Canada and like, it was because of Dave that like I would, you know, I was, I was able to go and do some training camps that maybe I shouldn't have been able to, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't, I wasn't quite there, but Dave believed in me. And I asked him actually recently, like, why, why, like, why me? And when I first started swimming, Dave Johnson was the head coach of Keanu. I didn't know him at all, but then he was head coach of Alberta and then he was head coach of Canada. And at Keanu at the time, we had this incredible, oh my gosh, just unbelievable team manager, Ollie Curry. And Ollie was just, I mean, Ollie was team manager at the Olympics and Pan Ams and like any meet ever, like from the 80s, 90s, 2000s. And I asked Dave, like, why? Like, why me? And he was like, because Ollie told me to. And I only learned that recently. And Ollie passed away maybe last year or two years ago. And he was like, because Ollie knew. Ollie knew there was something about you, anime. And she told me to. And like, it was, it was so crazy because I, I had no idea. Like this. How did that feel to, to hear that? I, uh, I cried for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I cried and, and Ollie's daughter, Sarah, was one of my first coaches. And just to know that there was someone who, yeah, just felt it. We see it from the young age and really yeah. push you, push in the dark without you even knowing. Yeah. This is beautiful. And, and like, and so Dave believed in me. And, and because Dave believed in me, like it gave me the opportunity to swim with Joe and to, you know, for all of those things to happen. To add up and, and yeah. engage, right. And like, and Dave also said, he's like, cause I would also see you at these Alberta camps and kind of like you said, like that passion and that fire in my eyes. Like I always had that swimming is like, you know my number one love <laughs> you miss it huh you miss swimming yeah? oh god i like legitimately nothing makes me happier than going swimming are, are you still are you still swimming i swam this summer a lot in the lake i found this group and swam in the lake and like actually my, my psychologist once again was like anime like i know i've done a good job with you and like i know i've helped you but there is nothing i can do that's gonna make you smile like the smile you have on your face. After. <laughs> and it's so true. Like, oh my God, I love it. <laughs> you know, I had Brooke Bennett in the show. Yeah. 
She, she had, she wanted to go through, diff, she wanted to go, she tried to go through different stuff after she quit swimming and stuff. And I love the answer she gave me. And what do you want me to quit swimming? What do you all ask me? What, what is next? What is next? I'm, I'm a swimmer. I want to swimmer and I'm ever a swimmer. And, uh, I'm going to swim and enjoy the race as long as I can do it, you know, and uh, I love her answer. Love, if you, if, if you see your thing, just do it. I mean, there is master competition. There yeah. is world championship master competition. I want to do now. I you want to do that? Oh yeah. <laughs> I world records and I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go. <laughs> that was a that was a good one. Thanks, Anamé. So I wanna I wanna end this. I I I, I was ready, but now I touched some of my questions. Was it just a question and answer stuff? I had, I had maybe five or six that I wanted to go okay. through. So your favorite career moment, that moment. What would like simple answer? I've got two. Okay, let's go. Let's go for two. The first one was seeing my dad after my first race at the Olympics. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and he was crying and it was just like, yeah, that. Um, and then the moment, that moment of silence, looking up and seeing my world record. Your most like love and hate i would say uh competitor uh most love and hate competitor it's gonna be a three-way tie for martha mccabe Haley johnson and hannah pierce <laughs> <laughs> so the guy or the girl we didn't talk about too much, or we don't talk about too much, but we really, really, really impact everything. Joseph Nagy. <laughs> Dedicated to, uh, to, uh, to Joseph. We could have done a show all, a show, all, all about it, just, just about Joseph. Just about Joe. Uh, if I tell you Marc Tremblay, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cherby. Mark Mark got me. Mark and I, we had this incredible relationship. And it started when I was 13. I I had injured injuries and I couldn't swim for a while. And so every Wednesday I would go down to the Kinsman pool and I would stand on deck with Mark and I would watch the senior swimmers swimming and he would get me to look at their technique and listen to their tech, like listen to them swimming. And I, I learned so much and it like, we had such a special relationship. Um, yeah. You know, Mark, I, I, yeah. Mark made me love swimming. And, and, and I think too, like he kept me, you know, at that age of 13 where you can easily go and do other things. Mm -hmm. Like he had a different plan. Like, come, come see my swimmers. Let's work on this. You can't swim, but let's, let's figure out. He you kept know? you in. He was able to keep you in. That's nice. That's very, 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 very nice. If you had to choose a super swimmer, a super athlete that you, wow, 
you just watching the race, watching the success, watching what would like what athlete we are watching. Like just if you have to what to to pick one. Um. Oh, that's really hard. You didn't have any swimmer at the time when you were young as a model that swimmer that you wanted to be or look like. Yes. Um. He's an IMer from the states, and he swam in Santa Clara. Tom. Tom, Tom Dolan. Tom Dolan. Of course, of course, Tom Dolan. Tom Dolan, yes. the asthmatic guy. Oh, uh, <laughs> loved, loved watching him swim, and and World Cup. We had World Cup in Edmonton in 2000. And I met him there, and that was like so cool. <laughs> and then I went to another meet. It might have been the '99 or 2000. And then I went to another meet a couple weeks later in San Antonio, Texas. And he remembered that it was my birthday, and he nice. came up with a happy birthday to me. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. That nice. was like that a was good, a good moment. The Canadian swimmer today. That you are the most proud of when you are looking at them coming up. Um, also hard. Our whole women's team. <laughs> I don't know how you. I don't know. I don't know how you pick a Canadian woman, woman swimmer who like you're not proud of. That's a great one. That's a great answer. Yeah. They are. Oh. I, I'm so jealous. I'm not swimming with like this wicked team where you're just like, damn, you're so good. <laughs> oh, very, 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 very strong. Thank you, thank you, Adame. Thank you very much for the the, the time. Uh, thank you for for being being uh, being with us. Uh, uh, I could have I could uh, go on and go on and go on and go on and go on. I'm gonna I'm not gonna stop after I say stop because I want to ask you. Uh, I want to ask okay. you a couple of more questions that I might might put put in, but uh, thank you very much for the opportunity, and I'm going to let you start the year 2021 with your ending. So oh. that's you finishing the show, and I say bye, and that's it. <laughs> 2021, 2020 was let's let's say a dumpster fire, <laughs> but like I think I think it's it you know it, it's one of those things like it it's kind of like my career, you know dumpster fire it's getting up it's getting up it's getting up we think it's gonna be good it was awesome but the dumpster fire. um but like life goes on you know the you pick yourself up you're gonna you'll if you want it like go for it like never stop believing in yourself thank you very much Anami. thank you very much it was all the talk number 30 or 33 which is first number of 2021 hope you enjoyed that one thank you very much it was anime with Greg Arkers and all the talk hope to see you soon bye bye take care